0: Our scripture this morning comes from Luke's Gospel, the sixth chapter, verses 17 through 26. And now, I always look at different versions of the scripture, and God usually helps me decide which version that I would like to use because of the way it presents itself. And so, this morning... I wanted to use a version of Scripture called The Message. And now, true, this is a paraphrase of the Scriptures from Eugene Peterson, but I think the way that he words this text is absolutely beautiful, and I wanted to share that with you this morning. And if you feel comfortable when you go home, you can look up this version In your own version but this morning give ear to the message version of the scripture Luke chapter 6 verses 17 through 26 coming down off the mountain with them he stood on a plain surrounded by disciples and was soon joined by a huge congregation from all over Judea and Jerusalem even from the seaside towns of Tyree and Sidon. They had come both to hear him and to be cured of their diseases. Those disturbed by evil spirits were healed. Everyone was trying to touch him. So much energy was surging from him. So many people healed. Then he spoke. You're blessed. When you've lost it all, God's kingdom is there for the taking, for the finding. You're blessed when you are ravenously hungry. Then you will be ready for the messianic meal. You're blessed when the tears flow freely. Joy comes with the morning count yourself blessed, every time someone cuts you down or throws you out, every time someone smears or blackens your name to discredit me, what it means is that the truth is too close for comfort and that that person is uncomfortable. You can be glad when that happens. Skip like a lamb if you like, for even though they don't like it, I do. And all heaven applauds, and know that you are in good company. My preachers and witnesses have always been treated like this. But it's trouble ahead if you think you have it made. What you have is all you'll ever get. And it's trouble ahead if you're satisfied with yourself. Yourself will not satisfy you for very long. And it's trouble ahead if you think life's all fun and games. There's suffering to be met, and you're going to meet it. There's trouble ahead when you live only for the approval of others. Saying what flatters them, doing what indulges them. Popularity contests are not truth contests. Look how many scoundrel preachers were approved by your ancestors. Your task is to be true, not popular. May the Lord add his blessing. To the reading and hearing of God's word. Let us pray. Father God, thank you for this word so plainly spelled out that even we can understand. May we live into this name that we wear called Christian. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In 1980, Diana Ross came out with a disco song, and it was entitled, Inside Out. The lyrics could have been written for today's scripture. And it was for sure a theme song for Jesus and his ministry. I wanted to share with you the words of the first verse and the chorus this morning. I said, upside down, you're turning me. You're giving love instinctively. Around and round, you're turning me. Upside down, boy, you turn me inside out and round and round. Upside down, boy, you turn me. Inside out and round and round. Now that you've got that song in your head. <laughs> but doesn't that sound a lot like what Jesus was all about? It sounds an awful lot about the Jesus that I have studied and come to know. And as we are studying in our Bible study about the kingdom of God, Jesus ushered in the kingdom of God, a kingdom that was meant to turn the world and its value system upside down and inside out. Jesus himself preached about God's kingdom of God's promises being fulfilled. And in our text today we hear him talking about a world that is shaped by God, not human. No wonder Jesus' words stir and shake up the people of Israel and us today. In my study, it fleetingly crossed my mind, do Jesus' words mean that God only loves us when we're poor and hungry and hated? Or when we are excluded and reviled for his sake? (laughs) I really need the answer to that question. But what they are, are promises to those individuals that fall into those categories. Jesus' words are also a warning, though, for the rest to sit up, to pay attention, if you will, and to be generous and to be compassionate to the least, to the last, and to the lost. Luke reminds his hearers that they are called to keep on living richly toward God towards God. All of the gaps that have been created in this human world that we live in, you know, the ones, the haves and the have-nots, the places where there are food deserts. What about that term, food deserts? Places where readily available to a family There's no food, where they have to travel to be able to get even the basic types of food. What about the educational gaps? And any other type of gap that we seem to have created that divides our world today... We actually find them all here in our text in Luke. We see them in the four blessings and the four troubles. And I don't know if you picked up on it or not, but we as Christians are called to address those gaps. God didn't create those gaps. We created those gaps. And we are called to address them not only for God's sake, but for our own. That's what we do as children of God. Now, if you were to go back to Matthew's gospel, you would find this sermon, and in all of the subtitles that we find in Scripture, you would find this particular sermon entitled the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount. And Matthew placed it there to show that the message came directly from God. Directly from God. But Luke, on the other hand, places this sermon, which is known as the Sermon on the Level Plane, He puts it down to where the people live and where they work and where they love and where they interact with each other. This sermon in the scriptures shows us once again how God's way is a complete reversal of the way of the world. There is a way of living that Jesus calls us to that's not our way, but Jesus' way. Again and again, we see this throughout the scriptures. And Jesus is telling his followers to live this way, to live different from the world. To live opposite of the world. Luke's sermon on the plain is a call to action. It's a call to action. It's a call to discipleship. What God is doing here is turning the world upside down. And taking discipleship to a whole new level. One that goes beyond that initial follow me. He's moving us to that level of sacrifice. That Jesus himself showed us so well. This was a hard truth for Jesus' followers in that day. This is a hard truth for you and I today. It's hard because the question that we all have to answer at this point is which is most important to you? This kingdom that we're in, or God's kingdom? Are we not the ones who call ourselves Christians after Jesus Christ? Are we not known as the body of Christ? Have we not been called by God to be witnesses to the grace and the truth and the mercy that we have come to know as followers of Jesus Christ? The kingdom of God is an upside-down kingdom, and it is far more important than pursuing wealth, or comfort, or pleasure, or fame. Which of these things do you treasure instead of God? What would it look like today... If we truly lived into the words of the scriptures when it says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. As we close this morning, do we dare ask ourselves that question? Do we dare ask the Holy Spirit to show us where we are pursuing things other than the kingdom of God? That's risky. It's risky. I want you to take some time this morning To search your hearts. Now you can do that in your seat quietly. You can come to the altar and do it there. But I truly want you to take this time this morning to search your heart and begin to seek the answers that you need as we're each ask the question which is more important to you this kingdom or God's kingdom so take this time now and as we close out our time together kim will come and she will lead us in our final hymn but take this time this morning